We are going to talk tonight about the leading of the Holy Ghost. And uh, this is a subject that many of us need a refreshing on. And it also is a subject that maybe some of us, it'll be, uh, it'll be some new things that, that we didn't even realize. But I'm telling you, we live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We live in the dispensation of the church and he's here, the Bible says, to lead us, to guide us in all truth and, and show us things that are to come. And so if we will allow this work that he does in our lives, he leads you outwardly in the things that we do here in the world, but he leads you inwardly. He leads you, he always leads you inwardly, but, but I'm talking about when I say outwardly, like, you know, taking the next job or moving or whatever, but it all starts with the inward witness. And we're going to talk about that. But first you got to be able to allow the work of the Holy Ghost in your heart. Because not only did he save you and bring you into the kingdom of God, but he takes you on a journey. He takes you on this journey of healing and deliverance. And you, you want that journey. You want it. Uh, you know, I look back at when I gave my life to the Lord years ago at a, at a Baptist camp, and I thank God for it. Uh, but it wasn't until later in life that after I had made some really poor choices that I really returned and made him Lord and, and then got filled with the Holy Ghost. But it took some time for him to begin to weed some things out of my heart and some brokenness uh, that had happened and, and, and start me on a path of freedom. Because the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And so you got to ask yourself, am I free indeed? And am I allowing that work that he desires to do in my heart? So let's go to John chapter 10. We're going to start there and, and believe with me that I will get through this. Uh, because there's so much uh, to say along these lines. But just believe with me that I'm going to knock it out. But get, get the point that the Holy Ghost wants us to get. John chapter 10, verse one says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. This is Jesus. To him, the doorkeeper opens and listen, and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. So the shepherd, we are the sheep. He is the shepherd. He leads the sheep. He does not drive the sheep like cattle. We're not cows. He does not drive us. There are some driving forces. It's dark. There are some driving forces in the world. And they are, any demonic, I don't like this. I can't see the people. Uh, okay, that's better. I want to see your faces. Um, there are driving forces uh, that are demonic. And, and anything demonic is going to drive you and push you and stress you and make this decision and do this. But the Holy Ghost is not that way. He leads. And the scripture says we ought to follow. We ought to follow. So verse four says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. So the scripture says, we know his voice. Great confession for you to make. You know, some of us will say, I don't hear him. I don't know him. I, I, I'm not hearing his voice. Well, this says, if you follow him, you'll hear his voice. So could we say, if you're not following him, you're probably you're probably not going to hear his voice. But when he leads, we follow. And as we follow, you know, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. And so as we take steps, uh, he leads us and we follow him. So this says, for they know, they know his voice. They know his voice. When it says to follow, we follow him. The sheep follow him. It means to follow the one who proceeds to join him as his attendant and to join as a disciple, to become a disciple and decide with his party. Uh, I'll never forget years ago when I was at Ramah, um, a minister, she had, she had done a message and it was called, take it to the head. 
Take it to the head. You know, Jesus is the head. He's the head of the body and we are the body. And, and, and it was, she was talking about like when you're in the military, you got, everything goes to the head first. And, and so she, her point was take everything to the head first. Take everything to the head. You know, we ought to be living that way. Inwardly, always looking to see what he's saying. Always searching our spirit man to see what he's saying. Verse five says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. A great confession is I know his voice and another I'll not follow. I know his voice and another I will not follow. There's so many voices in the world. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse nine, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You know what that means? He's going to lead us in and out into plenty, into everything that we need. He's going to lead us in and out. You know, in Psalms 23, we're going to read it in a minute, where it says, he is a, the Lord is my shepherd. He is your shepherd and he'll lead you in and out in green pastures. He'll supply your every need. The Bible says he'll give you everything you need for life and for godliness, everything you need. So it says they'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that means exceedingly and abundantly. I am the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. There's only one shepherd. Verse 27 says, again, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Say this, say, I hear his voice and another I'll not follow. Say it again. I hear his voice and another I'll not follow. Another I'll not follow. So he calls his sheep by name. He takes exact notice of your life and all the particulars of your life. He leads you out of the fold, the sheepfold, into the green pastures. And, and that's the way in, in those days um, the, the shepherd would lead the sheep out and he would go before them to prevent any mischief or harm or anything that would come. He was in the front and he protected them. Doesn't it say if we'll dwell in the shelter of the Most High, we'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty? We don't have to fear anything. If you're truly following Him, He'll lead you and He'll guide you. He'll tell you, yes, do this. No, I need you to stay home this time. He'll talk to you every day of your life if we'll just follow Him. Psalms 23, let's read it. Let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I, I, I won't have lack at all. It means I don't have any need, nothing. The Bible says he supplies what? All of your needs, all of them. According to not what I can do in my own riches, but according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it says he's my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That is a, a place of rest, but it also means a seat or a dwelling place. He, he makes you lie down in green pastures. Let me just stop and say this uh, right here since it's talking about a seat and a dwelling place. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians that we're seated in heavenly places at, at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. And it says that we are far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. It says we are seated there with him. And so that seat, you know, it denotes a place of rest, a place of peace. And that's one way that the Holy Ghost leads you. And we'll talk about that, a place of peace. But if you'll, if you'll stay in your seat, 
in the heavenlies. You're not literally physically there, but you are spiritually seated in heavenly places. And you are, you are far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. You're far above it. You're far above. All those things are under your feet, the scripture says. So if you'll stay in your position of authority, if you'll just let him be the shepherd, let him be the shepherd. Stay in your seat. Stay in these green pastures. Stay laying down in these green pastures. And then it says, he leads me beside the still waters. There, again, it's a resting place. You know, there's not a whole lot of peace in this world. There's not a whole lot of peace when you go places, you know, parents, children, there's not a lot of people walking in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And the Bible says that peace will guard your heart and your mind. And so this peace, we're supposed to be led by this peace. We're supposed to live in this peace. We'll see it. We'll, we'll look at some more of it. So he leads me beside the still waters, the resting place. He restores my soul, my soul. Hallelujah. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake, not for our namesake, but for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, we're going to walk through, um, we're going to walk through valleys. And remember, just like this says, it's a shadow of death. It's not death itself, but it's just a shadow of death. You're going to walk through these valleys of the shadow of death, but the Bible says you'll fear no evil because he's your shepherd, right? He's with you. I'll fear no evil for you are, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I, I want to tell you a story about that part right there. Um, when I was at Ramah, uh, I was listening to Brother Hagan, and I think it was the series that he did on casting your cares upon the Lord. And, um, and I was I driving a little Mazda Miata at the time, and I, I pulled up, I was listening, and he started talking about, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it struck something on the inside of me. And I, I busted out of my car and took off running down the street in the pitch black dark of night. But I could not, you know, when, when you get a revelation or you get something on the inside that speaks to you, you just can't, you can't contain it. And, and we ought to have those moments. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it lives in us. And so if it lives in us, you ought to have uh, some of these aha moments where you go, glory to God. You know, and you just can't stand it. You just got to run or jump or something. If you stay full of the Holy Ghost, you'll have those moments. And that's why you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says, brethren, you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. And if you'll stay stirred up, it won't take much sometimes to get you ignited and get you excited. So it says, he, he, he set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So in other words, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my seat, uh, like we we're speaking of, I'm in my seat and the enemies are there. It says they're there in the presence of my enemies. The enemies are there and they're talking and they're saying things to you, but you're just sitting at the table and that, and that's what got me all stirred up. He'll say, he said, pass me a big bowl of victory. You know, now pass me the, the pot of peace or whatever, you know, and he, and he just went through and the more things that got passed to him, the more excited I got. And so that's where we're supposed to live. Listen, we've got to live this thing. We cannot, the church anymore, have a form of godliness and deny the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost, there's too many churches, too many believers that know the word, they quote the word, but they don't know him intimately and they're not in communion 
with the Holy Ghost. Because if they were, they still wouldn't be broken and they still wouldn't be drinking and they still wouldn't be in pornography and they still wouldn't be dabbling in all these little things that my flesh wants to do. It's got to be real to you. It's got to be, I'm telling you, I had a conversation with Abby and Coco the other night about some of my past and things that I had had walked through that I wanted to tell them just in case the Holy Ghost ever had me get up and tell all of it from here, which I have no desire to do, but if he ever tells me to, I will. And so I was telling them and, uh, and I told them, I said, when you see mama run or gosh, when you see me run or dance or at home, I mean, we do it at home. When we, when you see me do it, there's a reason there's a reason I'm doing it because he set me free because I know where I was and it wasn't just drugs that I was bound in. There's a whole slew of things beyond that. And he delivered me and took me on a path of salvation. I just, I just feared him and just walked things out step by step. When it says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, it's just take a step and he'll give you the next one. Just take a step and he'll, he'll lead you and guide you. But we want the whole plan. We want, especially us little detailed women. We want the whole thing right now. Give me the whole, I need to see it. I want to have the whole plan before me. And that's not how God works. If you had the whole thing set out and laid out before you, then there's no faith on your part at all. You've got to learn to say, okay, God, I, I hear you. I'm going. I'm going. Thank you, Lord, that you're leading me. Thank you, Father, that you've got this. I trust you. I know I don't see how it's going to happen in the natural, but I, I, I trust you. You got this. I see it. I'm going. I'm going. And sometimes that's not easy. And that hurts your flesh to do those kind of things. But when he calls you, I'm telling you, when he says for you to do something, there's life in it. There's an anointing where the word of the Lord is. And, and, and I'm talking about the scripture, but I'm also talking about his way and his will for your life. And there's an anointing in those things. Page two. Woohoo! All right. Here we go. Okay. Where was I? Page two. Okay. Uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Our cup ought to be running over. Surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Listen, if he's leading, if he's leading and I'm following, everything else is following me. Goodness and mercy is following me. If, if he's the leader and I'm, I'm following him, I don't have to worry about all that stuff because all that stuff's going to overtake me. Goodness and mercy and health and direction and finances, everything that I need. If I'll just seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, which means my seat, my place, his righteousness, then all those other things will be added unto me. I don't have to chase them. You don't have to chase them. All right. So it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's go to Revelation chapter three, verse 20. It says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. So he's saying, I'll dine with you. I'll sup with you. I'm seated at the table with you in the presence of your enemies. He's with you. Now, I want to go to Hebrews chapter three because I want to cover this. Um, many times we as believers, we, what the scripture says as we err in our heart when it comes to hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost. And I want to look at this real quick. Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through 15. Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through 15. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, when is it? Mm -hmm. Today, only in the big moments of life? Nope, today. You can see every every spit in this black thing up here. Uh, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden. That word harden means be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. 
Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. They saw his works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, now listen to this, and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. That, that's the key right there. They go astray in their heart and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, my peace, my green pastures, my still waters. Beware brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He's a living God. He's alive. He's a living God. It, this is a daily thing. This is not just, I'm gonna, I, I, I need to move or I need to find a spouse. Is this the right one? These are not just big events. This is today. Today, if you'll hear his voice, today. Today, don't be stubborn today. If you'll hear his voice, don't be stubborn today. Don't go astray in your heart, but consider my ways, you know, the proverb says, incline your ear to my sayings and, and attend to my words. You, we've got to not just know his, his written word, his written will, but we've got to know his way. We've got to know the way that God is leading us because it does not give you specifics in the Bible about if you should take this job or if you should marry this person or whatever. It doesn't tell you those things specifically. It gives you guidelines, but we've got to learn to obey and listen to the Holy Ghost on the inside. Proverbs 20, 27, it says, the spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. This is what I was speaking of when I said, um, you know, the, many people have a form of godliness and deny the, the power of the Holy Ghost. It says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So when you get born again, uh, you know, we're brand new on the inside. We're a new creature in Christ. But this soul realm has got to be changed. Your mind, your will, your emotions that are broken. They've got to be touched. They've got to be whole. Because if you're broken, you're gonna have a real hard time uh, uh, being able to share this true gospel that sets you free. You've got to be whole. So the, if this says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. So as we walk this thing out, there's periods and times and stepping stones and, and defining moments in our life where the, the Holy Ghost will say, I, I want you to change that. I wanna tweak that attitude on the inside. I need you to make this adjustment. I've shared this story before, but... Um, it, it bears repeating right here. But uh, when we had uh, Mike and Jacob, our, our boys that we adopted when they were in our home, um, there was some frustration uh, on my part. And, um, and God, you know, looking back on that deal, uh, you know, you think you're doing such a good thing. You know, you think I'm so holy, you know, because I'm, you know, we're we're adopting these boys and God led us to do it. Uh, we were led by the Holy Ghost to do it. But, but you're, you know, my mindset had to be changed because I love them dearly and I wanted to be the best mom for them. But man, it didn't take much to, to anger me. And, um, and one particular night I was making Jacob and he'll tell you, um, he was writing sentences like thousands of them because I was done. You know, and so he was writing and I said, you'll write every single one of them. I don't care what time it is and I'll sit right here with you and you're gonna write all of them. And I was that stubborn. And so I was, you know, I was sitting there in, in my office and in, in the house we used to live in and he was doing it and he was writing and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you, it was almost midnight. And he said, I want you to take him to Walmart and I want you to buy him some new socks and a new bedspread. I mean, I heard that. 
socks and bedspread. I know it's random, but he needed socks and he needed a new bed thing on it. You know, he needed a new bedspread because uh, he didn't take care of his. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I wrestled with that and I sat there and went, oh no, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. You know, I ain't going to do it. I'm, no, I cannot. I, he, is, he, ha, he has a consequence, and he's going to pay it. You know, he's going to do this thing, and the, it wouldn't leave me. I mean, it just, I couldn't get away from it, and he kept prompting me, kept prompting me. And so finally, it probably was half hour or maybe more before I obeyed. And I, I got up, and I went, and I said, Jake, we're going to go to Walmart. Throw your writing away. But he was excited. So he, and that made me mad too. Um, but he threw his, you know, threw his stuff away and we got in the car and we, and as we're driving, I'm not saying a word to him. And as we're driving, God's dealing with my heart and, you know, softening me. And we got in Walmart. And if you, if you know Jacob, he is a jokester and loves to play. And we got in Walmart and we went to go buy his socks. And I don't, I can't remember what happened, but we got so tickled and laughed and carried on in Walmart and God touched me and, and healed my heart towards him. And, and I forgave him. And, and in a sense, he forgave me. He was mad at me too. And so we, we had a moment. I'm telling you, I, those are the daily moments that God will lead you with your children, with your spouse. And, and, and I could have just remained stubborn and said, I'm not doing it. He deserves to write. But God wanted to heal me and him. And I could tell you story after story after story after story like that, where God wanted to touch me, even though I thought I was doing a noble thing, he wanted to touch me and touch them and minister to both of our hearts. But it takes yielding when our flesh doesn't and our pride doesn't want to. Pride, I saw this, that Billy Graham said, pride is the number one thing that keeps people out of the kingdom of God. Pride is the number one thing that I'll say this, not only keeps people out of the kingdom of God, but keeps people out of his perfect will for their lives. Keeps them uh, out of this freedom that he wants to lead them in. Okay, so let's go to Song of Solomon chapter five. Now, um, you have, you've heard us you know, minister on this concerning husband and wife, and, and Song of Solomon is a picture of uh, the marital love and a husband and wife, but it is first a picture of your love affair and your love story with Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna read it in that setting. Uh, Song of Solomon chapter five, verse one, it says, this is her. I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved and he knocks saying, he knocks, remember I stand at the door and I knock. He knocks saying, open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is covered with dew and my locks with the drop of, of the night. And then here's her response. Now we use this and this is, was their first conflict in marriage in, in the scripture where he goes to her and he wants to be intimate with her and she says, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? You know, I've washed my feet. How can I defile them? In other words, you know, I have a headache and I don't have time and all that deal. Um, but it, in your relation to the Lord Jesus, it's no different. And that he's saying, I'm right here and I want to be intimate with you. I stand at the door and I knock and I want to, to love you and I want to be intimate with you and I want to commune with you. And I want to have, when the Bible talks about communion with the Holy Ghost, the word is literally intercourse. And it, it means that intimate communion that you, that you have with him. And he's saying, I'm, I'm coming to you. And she, she takes a position of, I, I can't, I, I don't have time. I, I've got things going on. And, and we do that to the Holy Ghost, when he desires to love on you and minister to you and lead you with that person that frustrates you and, 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 and deal with your heart. And we say, ah, I got this. I can handle it. 
When, when he's saying, I'm right here to lead you and guide you all the time. Today, 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 if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And then it says, my beloved put his hand by the latch of the door and my heart yearned for him. And in the King James, it says, my bowels were moved. You know what that means. My bowels were softened. In other words, her heart was softened. And it says that he left liquid myrrh on the door. And that was symbolic of the anointing. And then if you read further in Song of Solomon, it says that she, she, her, her heart was softened and her, her heart yearned for him and she realized she had done wrong. And so she goes out into the streets to find him. She knows where he's gonna be. He was faithful, he was consistent. His love never changed. And so she went to find him and she got beat up in the streets. And the, the symbolism in that is, if we do harden our hearts and we don't obey the Holy Ghost, we, we as believers, often we find ourselves in a lot of pickles, a lot of situations that we would not be in had we heeded the Holy Ghost. And you've got to be that passionate about hearing Him and listening to Him. Psalms 143 verses eight through 10 says, let me hear your loving kindness in the morning for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk for I lift up my soul to you. Rescue me, O Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in you. Teach me to do your will so that I may please you. Teach me to do your will so that I may please you. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Say, I hear his voice and another I'll not follow. Romans chapter eight, verses five through nine. Listen, it says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's that peace again. Life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But listen to what this says. But you are not in the flesh. You are not. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Another great confession. I am not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. I live in the spirit. Therefore, verse 12, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, verse 14, listen, for we know this scripture, but but let's hear it tonight in the, in the, the, the gist of what we're saying. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the spirit of God. Remember the, the virgins, some of them had the oil and some of them didn't and some of them missed out because they didn't. It says those that are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. They are the sons of God for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, father, this now, listen, this is how he leads us. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So this says that he bears witness with your spirit. The number one way the Holy Spirit will lead you is by that inward witness, by bearing witness. You know, when you got born again, he, he bore witness on the inside that you're a child of God. And that, that's the same, the number one way he's gonna lead you. The number one way is not that you're gonna hear a voice, but that could happen. The number one way he leads you is by the inward witness. And we could say when we were at Ramah, Keith Moore called it our seamer. It just seems right. 
It just seems good that I do this. I have a peace about it. Now listen, there are two extremes in this. There, we got people in the church that have no clue about following the Holy Ghost and it's just religion to them. And um, they don't even know that he'll lead you every day. And then we got people that are way over here in the ditch and say, he told me what underwear to put on today. <laughs> and no, he did not. He didn't. Uh, unless, you know, unless there was a reason that he needed to tell you what underwear to put on. But, but, but there's those that say he, he, every single thing, oh, the Holy Ghost told me this, and the Holy Ghost told me this. And the, no, uh-uh, he, that was not the Holy Ghost. Sure wasn't. Uh, but, but the right lane to be in is, is right here in the middle of the road where we do hear his voice and another will not follow. And we're not weird and flaky about it, but we're also not ignorant and we're not hardening our hearts and not realizing that he'll lead you every single day. Okay, so th this unction or this peace he'll give you. And then he'll also, you know, when something's not right, you'll have what, what we call a, just a, it just doesn't feel right. I, there's, a red, I, I, there's a red flag on the inside. You know, I just, something ain't right. Something's just not right. And, and you've got to learn, the more you follow him, the more you'll be attuned to his voice. And you'll, ah, that's him, that's him, I hear you. I got this. We've got to, in these last days and the things that are going on in the world, you've got to follow the Holy Ghost. First Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12 says, uh, this was uh, the story about Elijah. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Listen, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And then he began to give instruction to Elijah after that. It's that still small voice on the inside. Um, and, and I could give you multiple examples of big events, uh, you know, in, in, in our lives, um, going to Rama and how God called me to Bible college, the day God set me free from, you know, drugs or the day I knew, you know, that Pastor Mike was gonna be my husband, the, the, the day that we knew we were gonna come here and move, we knew we were gonna take the job at the group home, all of those things. The, the Holy Ghost led us buying this business that, that we just bought. Who knew? I, I'm not a business, I am a business owner, but I'd never dreamed of being a business owner. And, and you know, you're called to ministry and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I'm, and I'm seeing it more. Um, he's called us to do great exploits, great things, and we ought to hear him because he's gonna lead us in places of government, in places that, in the city council, and in, in, in the school systems, and the, you know, he's, he's leading us in these, these job changes uh, for a reason. There's a reason he's, he's put us in these places. When we went to the group home and, and worked there, and that was a completely a God move, and he led us, and we had peace, and we knew it was right. And, uh, you know, we lived with eight boys whom the world would say are emotionally handicapped, uh, but they're, what they are is emotionally broken. And, um, and, and they, every little boy in our house got born again. And our confession was when we're here, God's here. And if God's here, then these kids can't help but, but change. You know, when I, when I saw Pastor Mike, and uh, he knows this, this is no secret, uh, but I, when I was in high school, uh, you know, I, when I dated I, in high school, which was so dumb, um, I typically dated tall, skinny, basketball-playing guys. And um, so when I went to Rama, um, I, you know, I, God told me not to date at all, you know, while I was there. And I'm thankful for that because he, he did a work in my heart. Uh, but I remember seeing Pastor Mike, and I would see him, and he would... He was bigger than what he is now. I mean, his neck was like really big. And, and 
I don't, it was, he was big. And, um, and I didn't really care for that physically. I, you know, that wasn't, I, I never had a desire for a big old muscular guy, but oh, I like him now. <laughs> I like him now. But, but when I saw him, it wasn't because, it wasn't because my eyes were moved for him. Although he looked good, he did. But, and I remember what suit he was wearing, but he, but, but I would see him and every time I saw him, he was so consistent. Um, and every time I saw him, he'd come in class and something right here was like, Some, there's something about that guy. I don't know what it is. There's something about him. And I just didn't tell anybody. And I was, I thought I was real cool. And I didn't say anything to anybody, but I did say something to the Lord. And I said, if there's anybody I'd like to go out with, because we had to go on our date, on a date for our marriage and family class. Miss Hagen and, and Pastor Hagen made you go on a date. And the reason they did that was because so they didn't want people to be weird. Because Rama Bible college students can be just flat out weird. And they, and they can just go to, you know, go and be like, whoosh, Shundai, you know, and weird stuff. And so they wanted us to go on a date and be normal, you know, and just have conversation. So I said to the Lord, I said, I, if there's anybody I'd like to go out with, it'd be that guy. I didn't even know his name at the time. I said, it'd be that guy. And, and a few weeks later, uh, he followed me out of class and, and said, um, you know, I, I know we have to go out on this date, you know, for our class. And I was wondering, you know, if you'd like to go out with me. I was like, oh, sure. He's like, this is so him. I have to wait two weeks till I get paid. I said, okay, no problem. I didn't care. I didn't care. And so I got in my car. I didn't, I acted so slick about it. And I said, sure, you know, and um, cause I wasn't going to let any guy hurt me. I still needed those walls, you know, tore down. And I got in my car. I was like, and, and the first time we went out, the first time he took me out, and I still describe it this way, uh, you know, he said, if we don't ever go out again, I just want, you know, I want to do this right. And, and he did, but, but I remember when he walked me to my door, it literally felt like I had just put a glove on my hand. Like it just, it just fit. It just was right. And it, and it just seemed right. And that's how the Holy Ghost leads you. He just leads you. It, it may be something totally contrary to what your mind or your, <clears throat> your natural desires would normally uh, do or pick out or choose, but thank God, he knows what we need. He knows what's best for you. And this business, when he said, you know, when she presented this, uh, I th I'm praying about selling this business. And my, my boss at the time, and I loved her, I have a great relationship with her. I'm praying about it. And I wouldn't have thought twice about that statement. And I left out of there and it just burned within me. And I couldn't get it out of my heart. And I, I told my husband, I said, there's something here. I don't know. I mean, are we supposed to buy it? I don't know. How would, how would we even buy it? You know, and, and long story short, because it's 830. Long story short, um, she, I, we, we, did, we felt like it was right. We went to dinner with Pastor on Marcy and said, we just feel like, and Pastor was like, yes, you need to do it. And so uh, I went back to Emily and said, I just, you know, I just can't get this out of my heart. And she said, when she, I had texted her and, and told her that, and she said she cried when she got it because her, we had a similar um, heart when it came to the business. And, um, and I, I didn't know how that was going to happen. There was a lady in Indiana that offered her $60,000 for this business. And she said her and her husband talked about it and said they wanted to sell it to Pastor Mike and I for $30,000. And, and she said, just put whatever you can down and you just pay us as the business increases. And, and wrote us out a thing to pay. That's God. That's favor. Because... And, and even the initial down payment we didn't have, but God brought two people to us that said, we want to take care of that for you. And I'm just telling you, if you'll just, because what we could have done is go, there's no way, I don't know how to run a business. We don't have the funds to do that anyway right now. No, uh-uh. And could have just totally ignored it and walked the other way. But God knows 
what his plan, the Bible says we are his workmanship. We're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. It's not just a, he just decides, whoa, this looks good, let's do this. He doesn't do that. He's got plans and purposes for you that he's already planned out. And he just needs you to tune in and to listen. Moving right along. We're, we're almost done. Colossians 3.15, how does he lead you? Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ amplified, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling, let this peace be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace indeed you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. So this says, in one translation, it says, let the peace of God be your umpire. Let the, let the peace of God call the shots. That inward witness, that inward knowing, that still small voice, that, that peace of God. John chapter 16, verse seven says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. I'm telling you, y'all ought to be more like, yay, about me reading that right there. Let me read it again. Um, I tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It's to your, Jesus said this, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener and stand by. He's always standing by, always standing by. He's always right there standing by, ready to help you in time of need, anything you need. He's right there to lead you. He's right there to guide you. He's right there to counsel you. He's right there to strengthen you. He's right there to intercede for you. He's there to be everything that you need. We just have to follow him. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth, full and complete truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Now, uh, in Romans, you know, it says, now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. There's something to this joy and peace and being led in his peace. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in. Both of them say in the Holy Spirit. We've got to be sensitive to him. I have a couple more scripture, scriptures and then we'll close. Isaiah 55, 12 says, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. He's gonna lead you through peace. Be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Psalms 37, 23 says the steps of a good man or a righteous man, they're ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Psalms chapter 16, Psalms chapter 16. Oh my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. Oh Lord, you are my portion and my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord. Listen to this, verse seven. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. When that says he gives you counsel, it means he advises you, he leads you, he's got the plan for you. And that night seasons right there is symbolic of times of difficulty. And it says he'll counsel you, he'll lead you in those times of difficulty. I have set the Lord always before me. He's my shepherd and I'll follow him. I've set him always before me 
because he's at my right hand and I shall not be moved or I shall not be greatly shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul and she'll listen. He'll, he'll cause your soul to be changed if you'll listen to him, nor will you allow your Holy one to see corruption. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We'll stop right there. But the scripture says uh, in Colossians 1.9, it says, and this is a great thing for you to speak over your life. It says that I know his will and I walk in it with all wisdom and understanding. Colossians 1.9, I know his will and I walk in it with all wisdom and understanding. And I hear his voice. And another, I'll not follow. Another, I'll not follow. Let me read you one more. Jude chapter one, verses 24 and 25. It says, if you believe this, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Do you believe that he can keep you from stumbling and that he can present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy? He can, he can present us faultless if we'll just obey and listen and yield to that still small voice, that peace on the inside. He'll guide you. He'll guide you every step of the way. Everything you need is in Him. He's the shepherd. We are the sheep. We're the sheep. We're the ones to follow. He's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And he's supplied everything you need, everything you need, everything you need. You hear his voice. You gotta start saying that. You gotta start speaking that. You've gotta start believing that and declaring that, oh God, I hear your voice. Don't say I don't ever hear him. How come I don't ever hear God? The Bible says you do hear God and that you do know his voice and that he knows you by name and that he's speaking to you, you just gotta follow him. We just gotta follow him, amen?